Hi, my name's Alina. Welcome to the Unraveled Podcast. My name is Nina and welcome back. We are, what are we drinking today? Oh yeah, I'm so excited about this. So I, this is my first time using dragon fruit in a drink. So I okay. used fresh dragon fruit. I muddled them and then I added Malibu, soda water, um, simple syrup, and then like a splash of kind of, of cranberry juice. Mm. Um, I have no idea. What, like 90% of my drinks do not have a name. Like they're just flavors that I felt would be, that would blend very well together. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's good. Thank you. I of appreciate it's it. Good. Do you taste the dragon fruit? Yeah. Another at the bottom. Yeah. If you guys haven't tried dragon fruit, I recommend it. Agreed. It's one of those things that maybe people are nervous to try because the outside looks scary, but it's, it's good. Agreed. Yeah, it's really good. All right. So speaking of scary, I feel like we should talk about things that we've learned in real estate working with other agents. Yeah, because that failures. Failures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And setbacks. Oftentimes, it's easy to talk about the highlight reel, you know, all the good things and the easy things. But if we're honest, there's going to be setbacks, lessons learned, and we're going to talk about that today. So Let's do it. All right. So let's start from the beginning of when you got into real estate. What would be a time or times where you were working with another agent and you kind of learned something about yourself during that transaction or, you know, a note you took in your brain where you just thought, okay, for next time, I'm going to know this about working with another side. That is a very good question. I will have to think on that a little more. <laughs> well, so I, was- I know, I know you probably have more, more stories than me. So I'm going to let you go first. Well, Probably the number one thing that I've learned across the board working with other agents is that just because you do your business a certain way or maybe your ethics are a certain mm. way, it doesn't necessarily mean that that other agent also has those same standards and ethics or response You're time. right about that. And at first, it's kind of like a mini heartbreak, you know, and you think, well, why wouldn't everyone treat their clients this way or do that? But then understand you can't control those people. Um, this is true. You know, what about setbacks and challenges that you faced as you were starting out in the industry and then moving into property management and, you know, switching from brokerages? What are some things that have been setbacks, but then you can kind of utilize to move forward? Um, that's another good question. (laughs) Um, for me, kind of similar to what you said in terms of like looking at how everyone else does business, um, As a new agent, I'm not, I have to understand that um, I'm not going to grow my business overnight. I'm not going to be the top producing agent. Can I put in the work to get there? Absolutely. Um, So I had to learn that um, a lot of my, I didn't have any referrals for businesses, for business. Um, So I was having to build my business from scratch. Now at the point that I'm in, I do have a lot of referrals, but at the time when I was a new agent, I didn't, um, that I was going to have to start building my business from the ground up, networking, getting involved in things to start Mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, so that wouldn't necessarily be like a, like a setback, but that's just something I had to learn over time in the, in the industry. Like it's not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. I had to put in the work. It's going to take some time to grow the business. And then at some point, most of my business will come from referrals. And now I'm at the point where most of it does. Yeah. But it took time to get there. Correct. Too. Correct. You know? Yeah. It's it's interesting because a lot of the times what we see portrayed or when, when brokers seem you know, to say, 
join our brokerage or get your license. It all seems too good to be true. But a lot of times it takes work and adjusting how you run your mm -hmm. business along the way. I mean, something, another thing that I've learned is when you're a new agent and let's say you're waiting for an offer to come on a listing, I remember making the mistake. I did it one time and I'll never do it again. We had multiple offers coming in um, or saying they were coming in, okay? So agents will call and say, hey, we love the property. We're going to submit an offer. And then you're excited. So you call your client and you say, hey, we're getting an offer. But then, of course, you wait and wait and wait and the offer never comes to the email. And then you have to go back and, well, turns out they're not submitting an offer and then you look silly. And so that's one thing. Never, ever tell your client that you have an offer if you don't actually have that document in your email. Because agents all the time will say, we love it. We're going to send you an offer. Or you you're know. verbally accepted and then you're Yeah. Not. I mean, that happens so many times where an agent will say, you got the deal. We're getting it signed. It's out for signatures. Never to be seen or heard of again. Mm -hmm. And so just having that self-control to just wait, we're going to hold it. Because the point of being in this industry is to you're controlling the emotions and you're not putting that on your client. So if there's stress, you're going to try to absorb that. If there's, you know, any kind of situation that an offer is supposed to come, they don't need to go through all of that. And that's why they've hired you. Otherwise they would be selling that property themselves. So that's definitely something I learned. Um, what about you? What is something in the transaction or in the marketing or running of your business that you've learned? Um, something I've learned in general is always have stuff in writing. Um, whether it's an offer, communication with another agent, communication with the client, or just any of that stuff, always have it in writing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm one of those people that never delete a text message. Um, I save every voice memo that I make. Mm -hmm. um, just because, number one, I just don't like to delete, delete anything. Yeah. Um, because I understand that something can easily fall back on me. Something can easily be misheard, misunderstood, and forgotten mm -hmm. that when you have things in writing... Um, it's hard for someone to accuse you of X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, I had an issue with the client where, you know, it's, it's funny sometimes I won't even say it's clients. It's just in general. Mm -hmm. It's funny sometimes how everything can always be your fault, oh, yeah. regardless of what the other person did. It's, you know, it's always my fault. Yeah. Um, so I had a client that we were under contract to, I was helping them buy a house and sell their house. Um, in the middle of being under contract, you know, while they were trying to get their financing situated for the other house. Um, and while we were still looking for another house, they had gotten an offer on their own home. And I had told them, um, and this was in text message and through the voicemails, I had told them like, you can, here's the, I said, you can take this other offer, but you're not under contract yet to buy your, to buy the home that you're looking for. So here's mm -hmm. the risk and here's what may happen. Yeah. And now if you still want to take the offer, that's totally up to you. My job is to educate you so that you can make a sound decision. Mm -hmm. Um, so I told her that in regardless of her not having an, a house under contract yet, she still decided to take the offer on her home. We went binding on it. Um, later on, the like we found out maybe a week before closing, um, they weren't going to be able to close on their the home that they were buying mm. because um, of a mortgage situation. Mm. But of course, it was my fault that yeah. they weren't able to close. And I all got blamed on me. Um, and they ended up not even showing up to closing for their house. It ended up being like this mm. huge thing um, where the buyers are suing them, the other agents suing them, and I'm having to sue them as well, unfortunately. Um, so again, that's where it's been very helpful to have all of this in writing. And yeah. no matter what proof exists, like the client's still going to think it's my fault, but at least I mm -hmm. have my proof for, you know, whatever I needed in the day. Like I told them, like, you know, I gave you the advice. That's what I'm here for. Like, 
you know, and at the end of the day, it's your, it's your decision on what you decide to do. Um, so one of the valuable lessons that I have learned just in general is have everything in writing. Um, even like phone calls, um, I don't mind being on the phone and taking a phone call, but I always prefer to do text message and voice memos in case you forgot, or you blame me for something going that I didn't do. Like I did send you, I'm going to send you a screenshot showing you that, you know, I did tell you X, Y, Z, or this is what you told me. And I'm just, you know, doing my, my part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had it happen on just numerous occasions, um, where I've tried, where people, or I have gotten blamed for things yeah. and, but you know, keep my receipts. Yeah. So, and I don't keep my receipts to be just to be like an ass about it and just say, Hey, I have like, this is what you said, but realistically, like, I don't want anyone to think that I didn't do my job or I failed them yeah. because of X, Y, Z, but honestly you might've just forgot. So here's my receipts mm-hmm. to show I yeah. did my part. And if I didn't, like, I'm a, if I didn't, I'm a, that's fine. I'll take accountability for that. Yeah. But for the stuff I did do, you know, I want it to, at the end of the day, I, I don't want to be held accountable for something I didn't do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's kind of like an insurance policy and I would recommend that everyone do that, you know, mm-hmm. not only working with clients, but just in Anyone. general. And I learned the hard way. It was the first, I was, you know, relatively new to real estate. It was the first company brokerage I was working with. And there was a situation where a listing was actually, I don't want to say stolen, but yes, mm. from me. Um, There was somebody who had reached out, wanted to sell it, you know, a property, met with them, got all things sorted. Because I was so new at that time, and this was a higher price listing for me at that time, I remember reaching out to another agent, basically saying, hey, you know, I would love your, you know, your feedback. I would love to shadow you on this. Would you like to go 50-50 on it? Basically, I was offering that to them. Well, what had happened was that they turn around and told that other person, the, the seller, that I was new and experienced and they went ahead and actually for a few weeks, they were ghosting me. No response. Seller or agent? The agent. Um, the seller. Because during that time, she was trying to steal your listing. Mm-hmm. That's um, just so unethical. And then we would have a meeting once a week, a, a, you know, a group meeting. And that's where the new listings would be announced under contracts. And late that night before, that agent texted me and said, hey, I decided to just list that on my own. Wow. And, and it's so, funny because she would have never known about it had you not bought it to the table for the both of you. Yeah. Um, but, and then on top of that, they went to the broker and complaining about me. But luckily I had just so happened to have all the text messages and receipts that showed mm. that I had been in communication with that, you know, the client. And basically it was truly my client. Um, and they spoke bad about me and that's why... They didn't want to work with me. So I went to that meeting, but I don't think they were prepared because I took screenshots of text messages, emails, What's the calls. meeting with the other agent, you and the broker? No, it was just the broker. It was a, okay. a couple of them in there. Um, the agent was not there, but I came out. <laughs> they each got a copy. So I printed out. I love it. Text messages, <laughs> emails, phone calls, with dates, time, stamps, receipts, and I stapled them all together. They each got their package. You know, I sat there, That's I let them say their spiel, and I let them look at the documents, and they couldn't say anything to me. I could see their faces the getting red, and I said, what would you like us to do? And I said, nothing, but I'm just letting you know, you know, the listing didn't sell with that agent, and it came off the market, and they ended up selling it with somebody else, but hmm. in that moment, I realized, well, unfortunately, you do have to, if you know you're doing a good job, if you know you're being ethical and doing the right thing, 
then it is important to keep receipts, especially if you've had a past that experience with somebody. Even oh, more I'm keeping so. my receipts for that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? And unfortunately, you never know. At the end of the day, the priority is the client and keeping that, you know, off their shoulders. But it doesn't mean that you can't protect yourself as well professionally. So it is important for sure, you know. And with me, like I always, I always try to be one step ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, I can protect myself yeah. um, and also my client. If I'm representing a client in this situation. Um, or just my businesses in general yeah. by having, by having that kind of stuff. I mean, there's been multiple times where I've been called out and said, you know, you did this and this shouldn't happen. And I'm like, here's, here's the receipts. Mm-hmm. And again, like we all make mistakes and I'm, I'll take yeah. accountability for that for sure. But again, this goes back to the fact that, you know, if I, if I have my receipts, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to have them ready. You know, that reminds me when it comes to taking responsibility, that's another thing that I learned to double and triple check other people's work. Mm. Um, when it comes to, if an agent says, Hey, you don't need to do a walkthrough. Oh no, we're doing the walkthrough. Um, there was a time where they actually took the appliances, the the refrigerator. You told me that story. (laughs) And I'm thinking, you know, those cameras, it was the agent that took the refrigerator, right? And the agent claimed that they weren't taking it for themselves. They just thought it was, you know, no one wanted it. And it doesn't matter. It's not her property to take, you know, or times where a seller is supposed to have completed a repair item that they don't. And so Mm. always going and checking that things are done, even if it's in writing, it doesn't mean it's been done. So double checking. And I learned that the hard way because one time we missed, we, the fridge wasn't there. And so who had to buy a new fridge? Me. So technically was it my fault that the fridge was taken? No, but it is my job to protect my client. So Replacing that fridge was just part of the job, but you, then you learn so that each transaction you don't then have, you know, a couple thousand dollars here and there of right. things that you have to right. replace. Um, oh my goodness. There's, I've, I've probably in my career have probably had to buy at least four refrigerators. <laughs> so yeah. I know what you mean. There was one time where my client had asked me, um, to put in the contract that the refrigerator stayed with the property. I was like, okay, cool. You know, and I forgot to put it in the contract and I was talking to my broker at the time about me, about it. And, um, he was like, well, you know, the client's, it's the client's responsibility too to review yeah. the contract. So if it wasn't in there, you know, he is held accountable for that, but let's mm-hmm. be honest. Nobody freaking reads the contract, to be quite honest. And um, and at the end of the day, like he told me he wanted it in there and it got missed. So, you know, I had to take accountability of it and buy him a refrigerator yeah. too. So it ended up not closing, so I didn't have to buy the refrigerator. But yeah. but I still had told him, like, hey, I'll buy the refrigerator since it was my since it was my fault. And I think that's very mm-hmm. important um when you're dealing with other agents, yeah. other affiliates, yeah, and clients and, and taking accountability where you where you've gone wrong. Um, I've had lenders met. I mean, today we all make mistakes, but yeah. how are you going to handle that mistake? Correct. Are you going to take accountability? Are you going to let it turn into a shit show? Mm-hmm. Or are you just going to walk away and pretend it didn't happen? Yeah. Um, and I know for myself, like I'm really, really huge on taking accountability. And kind of like you said earlier, just because we operate a certain way doesn't mean we doesn't mean that everyone else does that. No. And um, I'm very aware of that. It's still upsetting to know that you know people just simply can't take accountability. Mm-hmm. But I have to be aware of that you know not everybody's going to operate the same way I do. But you know this is how I operate my business. This is how I want to be as a person. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't live if I didn't if I I couldn't live knowing I didn't take accountability yeah. for something that was truly my mistake. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to be covering for other people when you shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. But the priority is the client customer experience. There was one time where I had previously worked with a lender multiple times, no issues. I had referred them to a buyer 
And then, unfortunately, we had a host of issues. Host. Was that the first buyer you referred them to? No. Okay. So you had multiple transactions with Mm -hmm. them, and this was just the first one that was a shit show. Yes. Um, Technically, I don't know them personally in that way, so I didn't know what caused the hiccup. But bottom line was that it ended up costing my client about $4,000 because something wasn't locked in. You know, the rate wasn't locked in. The rate wasn't I had locked in. The same in. situation happen. Or you know, the loan took too long, so then we had to go to the. So basically, they were getting a HELOC and um, to put a down payment on another house until they could sell that one. So they didn't want to put in the offer contingent on the sale, so they used a HELOC for the down payment. Well, then I had to go to the listing agent on that other house and be like, <laughs> "Sorry, we have to move our financing contingency because." Luckily, that other agent is excellent, and they worked with us. They understood. But for, awesome. on my client side, I had to cover that price difference because was it my fault? No. But I had referred them that lender. So then it is my fault. You know, so it's kind of where I think clients will appreciate, regardless of what happens, even if it's not your fault, if you take accountability for it, then even though the, the situation was unfortunate, the relationship is still strong Agreed. because they feel like you really put that effort in and you covered for it. And I mean, those clients have continued to work with me multiple times since then, and the client relationship is still there. So it's kind of, imagine if I hadn't covered that and I just, oh, too bad the lender mm-hmm. messed up. I don't know. Would they still be a client? I'm not sure. Um, I had a similar situation happen with the client for a lender. Um, the client, obviously we're not in mortgage, the mortgage industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yes, we, we coexist together, yeah. um, but we don't know mortgages like the back of our hand, like a mortgage professional does or the mortgage lender does. And, um, I had a client that, um, the lender told her, this is, this isn't my preferred lender. I don't know. This is some random lender they found online. And, um, the lender had told her that there were no transfer tax. Like she didn't have to pay transfer taxes, some kind of tax. Mm. I, I don't know. And I was like, I don't know. That's more of a question for him because, I, you know, I don't, I'm not the mortgage mm-hmm. professional here. Um, but whatever he tells you, I mean, it's, I'm going to assume trust because he's your lender. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say transfer taxes. I think that's what it was. I think that was what was at, um, that's, I think that's what, we were, what they were discussing. And um, the day before closing, she found out she did have to pay that tax, whatever it was. And um, it was going to make her down payment like $2,000 more. Mm-hmm. And she called me and she was like, like, this is weird. He told me I didn't have to pay it. And now he's telling me, do you have to pay it? I said, put me on the phone with him. So she put me on the phone with him three way. And I told him, I was like, you told her in the beginning that she did not have to pay this. And now you're telling her she did. Yeah. And he was like, well, you know, that was my mistake. I didn't know. And I said, hey, like, that's fine. I understand mistakes happens, but you need to take accountability for it. And I don't expect her to pay this. And yeah. she, well, he was like, you see how much we're making? I said, that's not really her problem or mine. Yeah. At the end of the day, you made the mistake. Take accountability for it. And he was like, well, if she's not going to pay it, then we just won't close. And I said, and I said, this, I said, we'll close. And I said, if I had to help her pay it, I will. But at the end of the day, I'm going to leave you a bit, I'm going to leave you a bad review for your lack of professionalism and your substandard service. Yeah. And, um, and you know, we'll, we'll close. Yeah. And then he said, okay, give me one second. Let me talk to the boss. So he talked to the boss, boss gets on the phone. You know, we're so sorry for the mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, you know, we'll eat, we'll eat whatever the cost is. I said, thank you very much for your profession, for your professionalism. And, you know, we appreciate it and we'll see you at closing. So okay. we closed, we were done. 
never so talk they, to Linder again. So they did cover it. We did. They did cover mm-hmm. it. They ended up covering it. But I had to, I had to argue with the man on the phone yeah. to get him to take accountability for his mistake. Like at the end of the day, like you're costing my client an extra $2,000 because of the mistake that you made yeah. on her paperwork telling her she didn't have to pay it. And mm-hmm. the day before closing. Yeah. So like people are already tight on money. She's yeah. already having to bring several thousand dollars to closing. And then you telling her she has to bring an extra two grand because of your mistake. No. It's a big deal. No. And had she had known that in the beginning, she could probably, she would have prepared more accordingly, but you told her one thing and that's what she base it off of yeah probably if he had handled the situation and said i'm so sorry that was our mistake we will go ahead and comp that for you guys no problem congratulations on closing you know and kept it that way there may have been a higher probability that you may have worked with him again agreed but i had to argue with the man on the phone for 20 minutes to get him to take accountability and like i would never and again if he had taken and again because i have so much respect for people who take accountability and try to rectify their situ whatever situation Mm -hmm. i would have done business with him again like a thousand percent yeah uh, because that's just how that's i just value that in people and but because he didn't and i had to even get on the phone with the the mortgage broker or whoever it was um i thought that was just ridiculous crazy crazy ridiculous Well, I think that wraps us up. Come back next week. We will put out a podcast every Wednesday. You can find us on social media or wherever you listen to podcasts.